welcome back to Maybe We'll Talk. This one is about Starfield, a video game by Bethesda that came out this year, a couple months ago. This is sort of, yeah, I guess this is a bonus one for last week, or maybe this week. This is a three-episode Fortnite instead of a two-episode week last week because this is late, but late by my own reckoning. No one else cares. Um... But yeah, so this is the Starfield one, and uh, uh, we have got Saint, and Alex ends up joining us on this one, so thank you very much to both of them. Uh, the next one is Bo, and uh, after that, yeah, we got Friday the 13th Part 2, and a uh, bunch of other stuff coming up, and Kindred the Abraced, which is... Uh, yeah, our sort of our Vampire the Masquerade talk, which really me and Saint began this whole podcast with, kind of turned into Kindred the Embraced, and I believe that we are going to be watching, uh, doing a rewatch of Death Note, and talking about that. So, I think, I sort of feel like we still kind of have the main three topics, but I haven't really looked at... Um, the kind of release schedule and which episodes are bonus ones like this. But um, this sort of, why am I even, it really doesn't matter. I honestly, I sat down and I was like, I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to be like, this is the Starfield one, this is extra, beyond the other three topics we do, so here it is. But uh, I feel like I always have this compulsion to explain exactly why I've made any of the decisions, any of the creative decisions or any of the decisions I've ever made in my entire life. Someday, someone's going to ask me to explain myself, and all this practice will have come in handy. The next episode is Bo. I guess what I was saying is that I felt like I wanted to do the three topics, like one, two, three, bonus episode, one, two, three, bonus episode, or may, or just one, two, three, one, two, three, with the bonus ones in there. And now I've lost track of that. But if I sat down with a pen and a piece of paper for roughly 45 seconds, I would be able to figure out where I am in my own stupid schedule that only I care about. Um, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you like it. I hope you like listening to me talk to my friends on the phone. Here is Saint. Let's talk about Bethesda's 2023 masterpiece, Starfield. From, your, from touching your mouth, probably. You know, and the whole weight down, but immediately it starts absorbing that shit. It's hard to eat less edibles. That's for real. Yeah. I don't think you have to go crazy in general. Well, I don't, because, you know, because I'm an old and distinguished adult now that doesn't get wasted every day. So I feel like, you know... <laughs> I'm so old and wise, I don't have to put an ounce of weed into my can of butter. Right. How's Starfield? Really good. Yeah? Yeah. It's it's Skyrim in space. It's Skyrim Fallout, whatever. It's the same game. It's the, the essential systems are all the same shit. It's, it's you know, it shoots and, and, and plays like a Fallout game. There's some space magic, like Skyrim shouts... You know, it's like this sort of um, system of magic space powers you have that have 
no connection to anything else that you're doing necessarily. So, um, like, it doesn't relate to your skills or your uh, your gear. So it's like its own system, just like Shouts are in Skyrim. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, but it's, it's cool. Um, I'm really, I'm still really into it because of the way they did New Game Plus. Okay. Um, they did it in a really unique way. Um, because it's not really New Game Plus. It's, it's, it's like you're repeating the story, but you're, you're not like starting a new game. If you, uh, yeah, if you're trying not to spoil something, I, I don't mind. And this show is full spoilers as a policy. All right. Well, I mean, essentially, um, starting a new game plus means like moving to a parallel universe. Oh. And. Okay. Playing the game over again, but your, your, you, your character in the game has the foreknowledge of having seen everything. Wow. And you, there are dialogue options and stuff that, that reflect that. So you can tell people like you can tell people things. So like, you know, that's some Malkavian shit. Warn them and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's really well done. It's, it's really interesting. There's a whole, um, sort of like philosophical thing about it. Like, you know, it's basically this idea, like the 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 idea of Starfield is is you know you're like an explorer, you you you're with this um, this exploration group called Constellation, yep, um, and you're exploring these weird alien artifacts and flying around the galaxy and stuff. Um, so it, it's sort of like it it presents this as like like this is the sort of ultimate exploration. This is um, you know you leave your universe and go to another universe. Um, once you leave, you can never go back. Of course. You know? Um, and uh, once you've begun that journey to other universes, um, you know, it's like you're forever changed. But um, I think it's a really cool metaphor for, um, you know, that the whole, like, the hero's journey and the, and the you know, the, the sort of idea of exploration um in a spiritual sense that, you know, when you set forth on your journey, um, you're not the same person who comes back. For sure. If you come back at all. But that's also the, the, you know, that's, that's like the, uh, that's the appeal and the, and the, and the, you know, the risk of, of going out exploring. And I, I think it's really cool because they really captured in a really, uh, like a central way in this game. There's also a sense, yeah. I like I like things that touch on the idea that like once everything is explored, like once you know your world and your story, like maybe, yeah, maybe the ultimate exploration would be exploring time or exploring other choices you might have made. Exactly, because it's you know it is a Bethesda RPG, so you make choices like yeah. oh, do this to that and then making certain choices locks you out of certain things but now you have the freedom to go back and do it again um and uh it's cool there's a character in it who's called like the hunter um and he's one of these extra-dimensional travelers and he's called the hunter because he has lost all empathy with regular people now because As he's do. done this he's lost he's done it so many times like he's like these are really literally npcs to me 
they're not real people anymore. I don't care. You know, it's the the quickest way for me to get what I need in each universe is to just murder everybody in my way, grab what I want, and keep going. Oh, that's like the guy from Rick and Morty. Yeah, I, I've never really watched Rick and Morty, but I've heard people reference that on on the on Starfield forums. So oh, to, oh, wow, okay, that's okay, yeah. cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and uh, it's there's a there's a interesting thing too because there's a there's definitely a bunch of people I've seen on these forums also talk about how they don't want to do New Game Plus. They're like, I don't want to leave all behind, like you know, all the money I made and all the cool items and the and the you know the amazing ships I've built and the outposts I've, you know, you know, networked together and everything. I don't so, want to have that over. So you... And, uh, yeah, so you don't have to. Yeah, Obviously, you can you stay. You can, yeah. The you universe is big, right? Yeah, but it's interesting because there is one character in Constellation. There are several characters in Constellation who, you know, like, come with you, basically. Oh, yeah. Out, you know, into the, into the new universes. Um, but there's a few people who decide to stay behind. One of the guys who stays behind is the guy who's like, um, who's like funding Constellation. He's like, he's okay. like this, corp- he's like this corporate CEO, um, you know, mega billionaire. But, um, you know, he's like, he's like, well, I made all my money. So now I'm going to spend all my money exploring, you know, now I'm going to spend it, ex- you know, funding the exploration of the universe and science and, you know. You know, pure exploration and science because I think that's cool. Um, so when it's time to go to the new universe, he's like, "No, I'm going to stay behind." Um, and he's like, "He's like, you know, he's, he's like, you know, it sounds crazy." Um, that old saying, "You can't take it with you." He's like, "What if I go to this new universe and I'm not rich?" And what <laughs> if? <laughs> and what if that's what defines me? What if? What if? That's what's important about me is 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 this you know this wealth and this this status and this power. What will I be without it? And you can have an interesting conversation with him to say like you know well, you know maybe you know maybe you're a lot more than that. Maybe if you went into universe and you found you were a pauper, um, you'd still make a lot of money and get big if you wanted to because you're that you're that kind of person and you know. So it's it's interesting and I was like you know the people who don't want to leave. And go to a new game plus. They're the billionaire. <laughs> you didn't, you, they, they don't want to leave behind all their stuff because they wow. know they won't be. They go to the new universe. You start in the new universe, you lose all your stuff. You lose all your ships. You lose all your gear. You lose all your money. You only take your level and your skills with you. Do you? Just, uh, your, just your knowledge, basically. Do you respect? Mm-mm. No. Like you don't get to choose a new origin. Like it's not like you go to a universe where you had a different origin. No. I thought you might be able to, but no. Okay. Yeah. That's. It almost seems like the idea of him ending up in a universe where he does, where he is not rich and does not have the resources. It seems like maybe he would get a chance to, also. Well, I don't know, because I'm sort of, that gets into the, I mean, I already want to go, I already want to ask a million questions about the metaphysics of it, but I guess the one I'm kind of... The metaphysics are super unclear, that's part of it. I mean, they they have to be. <laughs> it's a video game, they're not yeah. going to write like a rigorous metaphysical treatise about how dimension hopping works and everything. It's like, because when you start the new game plus, it's like you start from the beginning of the game again, pretty much. Right. 
and you're in a minor. You start this game as a miner with no money. Yep. So when you return, you have no money again. Doesn't matter. But this guy is like, well, like when when will he return exactly? I think it's like when you first start gathering these these weird the artifacts, which which you yeah. encounter in the mine. Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah. Um, so. So I guess yeah. So my question really was. If your if your uh, ego goes into the body of a guy that's about to discover the artifact in the mine, what ego was inhabiting him up until the time that you snatched your doppelganger invading demon from another dimension body? Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I could have phrased that better, but you kind of know what I'm saying, right? Oh, I know exactly what you're oh, saying. Okay, yeah. You, make, you ever see that movie, The One, with Jet Li? Oh, yeah. Wow, it's been a long time, though, but yeah. Yeah, it, made me, it makes me think kind of that a little bit. Kind of a, Travel, that's kind of a deep, traveling, yeah. Traveling between dimensions and murdering your other selves to gather power. And it, it also, in that movie, it happens to all of them. They all gather power equally. Yeah, it like concentrates. So like, so there's the main character. I think is just a guy, and suddenly he realizes that he has superpowers because another guy has been killing all of his. Right, because the alternate yeah. self, one of his alternate selves, has been popping dimensions and murdering other alternate selves. I recall a swarm of Jet Lees towards the end of the movie, like twenty yeah. of them running down. Running across a rock or something. I don't know. Is there a, yeah. a prison? Anyway, Starfield. Yeah, that's a cool movie, actually. Yeah, that was a fun movie. Um, yeah, so Starfield Starfield is good. It's got, like, as far as, like, CRPG, like, like the game, the game loop, it's, yeah. it's pure Bethesda, like, go to an area, explore a little bit, murder a bunch of dudes, Yes. Gather their shit until you're over encumbered. Drop one thing so you're not over encumbered. Fast travel back to a vendor. Sell all your shit. Maybe upgrade some shit. Level up. <laughs> Drop four brooms in a bowl. Yeah, repeat. You know, um, there are there are good conversations. There's there's like some good there's good writing. There's there's like fun quests and stuff. Um, the faces are kind of wooden. I'll be honest. The faces are a little like. And I mean, for a game that's really old-fashioned about its dialogue trees and and its conversations, like I remember we were talking about Bloodlines, right? And we're like, oh it's my kinda, god, we're like it's kind of old-fashioned that it's like you're locked into like staring, staring directly, into directly eyes. at them, they're, but their face is the whole screen. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. an unbelievable array of beautiful scenery and even your own character and other things to look at while you listen to the dialogue. I don't. I, who? If this was a choice, I don't know why anyone would make the Bloodlines choice in this day and age. Look directly into their eyes. They're weird, <laughs> plasticky. They're weird, plasticky faces. <laughs> and you know, and this is a thing too about about mm. this game. Six is inches have, away, no, nose to nose. Yeah, you have a you have an. <laughs> You have an unvoiced protagonist too, right? Yeah. Um, which is which again to me is is like it feels really old fashioned. Um 
after playing a lot of CRPGs that do have a voice protagonist, um, it can be hard, I think, dealing with non-voiced uh, protagonist games. Like, I find myself... In games with voice protagonists, I find myself turning off the subtitles and watching and listening to all of the dialogue. Like it's a movie. Mm. In Starfield, I read what they're saying and I click. So they're wow. like... So they... it's Because it, otherwise it's like... I think I've mentioned this before. Unvoiced protagonist games now, it feels like I, I'm receiving a lot of monologues rather yep. than having a dialogue with somebody most of the time. And just and making choices as you go through it. Yeah, because a lot of the time the choice is like you have several choices that are like one short sentence each, and then the person you respond to says about five or six lines. Yeah, long. Lines. So there, there's a real. It doesn't feel like a conversation. It feels like you're being talked to a lot and told stuff, and then you make a choice about what happens next. That that's how it feels. It doesn't feel like a conversation when you're when you have an unvoiced protagonist. A lot of times. Um. And th- I think, like, if you go back years and years and years, I, I, it was it was harder to feel that way because you never had voice protagonists for the most part. But now, it, for me now, it's hard to go back. I think of games like Cyberpunk. I think of games like um, Assassin's Creed games, yep. um, which are not exactly an RPG, but they're kind of RPG-ish. The last few ones. Have I been feel many. yeah. I was gonna say last few ones. Um, uh, Fallout Four. Um, you know, I, I I feel like a lot of people, you know, raise a lot of ruckus about about the voice protagonists in Fallout 4, which honestly really surprised me too, because the voice actors for both of the main actor, for both of the main characters, the male and female ones in in Fallout 4, were fucking amazing. They were really good voice actors, so oh. I don't understand the problems. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, but I, yeah, but I think it was that was the first Bethesda game with the fully voiced protagonist. And I think a lot of people didn't like it for for some reason. I guess that's part of what it is. A Bethesda game is like you feel like, a, a, like a Bethesda RPG. Stereotypically, I think the idea is to be like you can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you are. You begin. You can be whoever you want. You can do whatever you want. Um, yeah. You can, you can choose who who you are. Um. When there's a voice protagonist, there's a lot less of that feeling because because they're. Because the the voice of the protagonist is like it the the voice actor and the director have made choices about how certain lines sound and about how the characters' emotions are coming out and how they're reacting. Sure. You know, even if you have choices in the game, you might say like, "Oh, I want to choose a choice that sounds sad," but it doesn't really come out sad the way you thought it was going to be. It comes out more like sad, like ang- angry or whatever, instead of just like sad crying or something like that you know i'm just yeah. i'm just kind of making something up but yeah oh no yeah you know? so it's like yeah it's like the pros and the cons of that um and um a segue to the next thing i was gonna say to Baldur's gate 3 that is one of the reasons i feel like i bounced off Baldur's gate 3 um when i started playing it um because i i've i played it a couple hours and i, I haven't gone back to it um and yeah I keep, I, I've, I've been thinking about it but part of it is the dialogue in that game. I bounced off it because I, I, I was like, wow, I really feel being, like I'm being monologued out. Um, it doesn't help that there's a GM there, too, narrating it to you. That's so funny, but you're right. Yeah, I, there is. 
don't get me wrong, because I liked that GM narration. As soon as it started, I was like, this is awesome. This is cool. I like that. I like that this is like a Dean, like I am playing a tabletop game practically oh. with with like a fucking DM describing shit I, to me, even yeah. though I can see it, even though I can see it on the screen. The like D, the DM as a the voice, DM, the, the DM voice describing it to you, and also like sort of adding more context that's not necessarily purely visual is great. It's so good. Um, she does often uh, say, she does often tell you like how your character is feeling or what they. Yeah, you know, what kind of thoughts? What's happening to them internally? So it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I kind of like that. And you know, what's interesting. Sometimes I think about stuff like that in role playing games because because I do that I do that when I run games too, especially. Oh oh boy, I've been doing it like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because especially vampires, like a horror game. So yeah, it's about your yeah. urges. Right. So I've I but I did say to my to my players, I was like, You guys I want to really make it really clear this is rule zero is that I may make descriptions like this and I may say your character feels this way or your character kinda involuntarily acts reacts this way. You can tell me no. At any yeah. time you can be like, No, that's incorrect. I don't I don't think my character would react like that. I don't think that's right. This is what I want to do. You know, and this is how I want to feel. And I'll be like, Oh, okay, cool. That's a good. Um, that's a good rule zero. Yeah, um, but I th it, I think about that because I remember running a a, a vampire game like um, that was like play by post on a forum, so ah. it was just kind of like people typing to each sure. other, uh -huh. um, and I I did that to to somebody and somebody's like, don't you ever do that to my character? That's really un you know that's really uncool. You can't be ta you know like you know that my character's autonomy is extremely important. You can't just be telling me anything. I was like, whoa, okay. I mean. Again, that was, uh, you know, my rule zero is that I'm like, and in a play-by-post, -play maybe, you know, this is even easier because I can literally go back and edit that post and cross all that shit out. Yeah. Like, no, 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 that didn't happen. Um, you know, but but I still think about that sometimes because I'm like, oh, yeah, some some people have different, you know, kind of... Well, expectations. Um, expectations about, about um, you know, how how much autonomy and stuff they have they have over their characters. Um, again, like having played a lot of horror games, I'm used to people, I'm used to storytellers, game masters, and stuff saying like, "This is how you feel. This is what happens." Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's our vampire background and upbringing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but it was a vampire game that I was running. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's interesting that you were the one running it and you got that reaction. It's hard yeah. to tell, like. Play by post and even just typing on the internet, it's kind of hard to tell where people are sort of at. Yeah, and I, you know, and I guess that was the thing too, and because it was a play by post, because I, I don't want to do. Sometimes in play by post games, I, I I would make assumptions that I wouldn't make in tabletop games where everyone's talking around because I want to keep things moving quickly. Because yeah, people might post like two or three sentences in a day. Oh yeah, and then. You know, and if you're trying to corral like five people, like a lot, most of the play-by-post games I've ever run have died relatively quickly because people don't keep up posting quickly enough, and then everyone just kind of stops posting and, and loses interest. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the things I would try to do to try and keep it going as long as possible was to was to make assumptions like, oh, I didn't hear from somebody in a couple of days. Okay, we're moving forward. This is what they yep. did, and you know, oh, and, sure, and, yep, yep, yep. 
blah blah blah. We're going. Oh man, um, I do and, that. I do that to my guys these days all the time. Also, but they all know that I do. They're they're all yeah. Yeah, and again, it's like it's like rule zero. If you're really not okay with that, please say something. Please, you yeah. know. And and if it's like, and it's like even to the point as like if you feel like you're into like I I know my players. None of my players are too introverted to be like no. Uh, like I'm too scared to like to like you know to like jump in and stand up for myself. Like these guys wouldn't aren't like that. So that's not a problem. But I you know I could see in other games where necessary sometimes or you know if you have a certain group of players where somebody might be you know like a little timid or a little a little less like assertive and they they yeah. do think thing is not correct. You know that they've said or they're uncomfortable about something that's happening in the game, but they can't express it that at that point. So but I don't yeah, know, now we're, yeah I know about that yeah. Yeah, but again, that's I guess just a general role playing thing too. Is is it's different when you role play with people that you've known for like twenty years, and you can just you're like we like we know each other so so well. We've role played together so many times. Like you don't have to have like a session zero where you talk about what are people's limits, what are what are, is like like does anybody have like have like some triggers? You know, we're, we're going to be playing a vampire game with vampires, talking about like violence and you know possibly like sexual themes is that like does somebody have like something that like is really they like really just want to come right out and say like let's not touch let's this. not do that yeah yeah uh, you know and and man uh, i've had to fill out a whole form before for a ttrpg yeah yeah that's the 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 social the the contract of the rpg basically yep. the social contract and if you're playing with people that you've never played with before that you don't know then i think that's I think it's a good idea, especially when it comes to something like a horror game. If you're just playing, if you're playing D and D and you're playing it like a war game, then like whatever. Yeah. Um, although sometimes, although you never know, you never if you if you, if yeah, you don't know your storyteller, you never know what's gonna. Yeah. 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 Sometimes people do like weird shit. Yep. Sometimes people do like weird shit. Yeah. Sometimes people are just inappropriate. Yep. <laughs> ways that you didn't think that they were going to be. Yeah, it, yes, yes. <laughs> Shockingly inappropriate at times. Yeah. Humanity. Yeah. Something about the the voiced protagonist. I mean, I guess I, I definitely feel like there are players... There, well, obviously, because this was a decision. I mean, I feel like there are player, there are a lot of players that prefer to have an unvoiced protagonist so they can like more fully become wh- whoever the character is in their head. Yeah, for their I, own I, headcanon. No, and I absolutely understand that. I absolutely, um, I'm absolutely down with that. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it just it depends on the game, and it depends on on like the sort of the goal of the game and like Starfield is really is really about open world exploration and just like kind of running around and doing whatever so I can totally understand why um to sort of reinforce that the developers you know decided okay yeah we'll go for unvoiced because you know it'll let people like sort of have more variety but whereas like a game um I don't know. Yeah, certain certain other games where you have a voice protagonist, they they do kind of, if not fully, at least loosely, kind of define the the background a little bit uh-huh. ahead yeah. of time for you. And so, um, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm 
look at my list of CRPGs, I guess, uh, and well, think about what's voice and what's not. Since cyber, since we mentioned cyberpunk, yeah, I, I, cyberpunk on my mind because the 2.0 patch came out recently, and I haven't played it yet, but I was planning to. I feel like I prefer the voiced. I I feel like thinking about Far Cry, which maybe you and I will eventually talk about, and really about cyberpunk and just the cinematic nature of the whole experience and how much I liked it. Like, I I loved cyberpunk. I tell you what, I'll throw in Death Stranding. I just, I like having a character. You know what? I I, I like, I like it both. But I like a more cynic for a video game. I like the character with a background that's made for me. I can kind of reflect a little bit and get to know him and also be immersed through another guy. It's a little harder if I yeah. have to I have to yeah. do a little bit less work and I'm high. Yeah. But also but also the ability to shape that character a little bit, you know, like still need oh. to be able to make decisions. Oh about man, like yeah. What they what they do or where they're going. Cause some games like Cyberpunk, oh, holy shit. Yeah. Cause like Okay, so here's another here's an example of that of a game that kind of swings back like way in the other direction, like um, that I played recently, Jedi Survivor. Oh yeah, oh boy, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's sure. Not, that's not that's not even really an RPG because you, eh, make... you get some kind of points and you earn perks or something. Yeah, you, there's a skill tree. You're you you level up and you you put points in your skill trees and you you know you get some different kinds of weapons and you dress your character different and stuff, but you don't you don't get to make choices in that game. Other yeah. than yeah. you know, like which direction do I go and which lightsaber do I use to kill this motherfucker? Yep. You know, very good point. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't make story plot eat choices. You know, there's a part in that of that where um, uh, there like like something bad happens. The main character is betrayed by somebody he trusts. Cal Kestis is betrayed. A whole bunch of a whole bunch of like a whole huge fucking squad of imperial dudes roll roll up on him and surround him, and then there's a button that says press R two to embrace the dark side. And I was like, what if I don't want to? What if I don't want to embrace the dark side? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what, if, what, what if what if I just don't want to do that? Press R two. <laughs> really simplifying. That's wow. That's very uh, yeah. funny. It's like F press F to press F to yeah. pay respects. Pay you respects. Know? Press F to pay respect. You don't have a choice to decide like, no, Cal, reject the dark side, step away. Like, no, he's got to go through this whole portion where he almost falls to the dark side, and he, you know, and he taps into that darkness and messes up a whole bunch of fucking imperial dudes. Um, do you get to? Do you choke him? Do you get dark powers? Does your lightsaber turn red? Oh, um, a little, a little bit, a little really? bit. Really? Yeah. You know what it is. Um, the Cal Kestis's, I think, kind of like signature power that he has that nobody else seems to have is that um, he can sort of like time slow everybody. Around yeah. Him. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, he that like that power turns into like a like a dark side power where he. Uh, where he time slows everybody, but then he, like, he switches stances like this. Kind of reminds me actually of like Star Killer from Force Unleashed, with like the sort of like oh. backwards, like the you know like the sort of held back one handed stance. Yep. Um, 
and all your attacks do something like two or three times as much damage, and you just attack really fast, and you just... It's really great for just, like, murdering everybody in the room really fast, or, like, really fucking up a boss really bad. Um, uh, now I want to play it twice as much. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's cool, but it's, yeah, but it's like, you don't, it's not an RPG in that way, it's like, you don't have a choice to be like, no, I'm not going to embrace the dark side. <laughs> You're like, no, you, this game is like, no. Cal's yeah, this have is the storyline. Yeah, Cal's gonna have a struggle with the dark side now, and you're gonna press the buttons to 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 have him do it. I guess they say it has RPG elements. I guess that's what you would call a game. Like yeah, that. yeah, of course. It's it's an action game with RPG elements. I guess Far Cry is a little bit like that too. You know, like Far Cry games, you don't you don't make choices. You just you know you you have a character and they're voiced um, and. Um, you encounter other characters that you you know yeah, do favors yeah. for, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or you 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 yeah, exactly. And I guess every game's got to have a fucking like skill tree and progression at this point, right? Yeah. Do um, they have to? Is that the law? <laughs> Did I they just, pass that one into? I I mean. But yes, but you're right. You're correct. I'm trying to think of a game, any kind of game I played recently that that isn't an RPG, but that, you know, they, that they just threw some kind of progression in there for, for whatever reason anyway. And I think it's, it's pretty much everything. I mean, it's, it's a gameplay loop that is like tied and trusted, uh, tied, eh, tried and tested. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's that, that, that treadmill of being like, of like, Oh, I'm going to get something new. I'm going to get a new, a new shiny, I'm going to get a new power, I'm going to get a new level, I'm going to get a new equipment. You know, it's what keeps me going for just a little, play for a little bit longer, you know? And now I get to go out and try out the new doodad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, boy, that feels nice when that happens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you, let me tell you something. I spent two weeks of my life, probably eight hours a day, Trying to get a, I think it was a shoulder piece in Silithus. I swear to God, there was one area where if I walked in a slow circle, the guys that I had killed would respawn by the time I got back to them. And oh, yeah. I, I ground one cave for at least two weeks, at least six hours a day. I did something similar to that in Draenor, but the big one was in Silithus, like... Really, like dude. Any, anybody who's played WoW has done that. Oh my I, god! The the one that I remember wasn't even for a real piece of gear. No, this um, was not. This was not for a real piece of gear. It was for cosmetics. Nice. This was for. <laughs> I was doing it with my human rogue. So keep in mind, I was on the alliance side. Okay. I was I was trying to get Baron Strath, uh, the the Baron's Mount in Stratholme. The, the oh. The, the undead horse, the yeah. it was like a purple and black undead horse, yeah. with like big old fucking demon horns and everything. As a as an alliance side character, I knew if I got that, like I would like be like I, people would like fucking be checking me out. And it was like they they'd improved the drop rate for it very slightly from like zero zero one percent to like zero five percent or something like that. Okay, uh, <laughs> but. You know, as like a level 80 rogue, because I think 80 was the level cap when I was trying to do this, I could solo it. I could stealth, walk past all the mobs right to the end, 
um, and solely in sequence uh, with the correct build and gear on. Was it once a day you were allowed to try? Uh, I forget. I forget. It was a, might, it's a might have been. Man, it's a five man instance, so I yeah. You know, it could have been. I I could. I think I'm. I feel like I could have been. I could have tried it more than once a day. I don't remember how instances work at all anymore. Was it only you can only go through an instance once a day? Well, I feel like I feel like you could only loot the bosses. Uh, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe that was only like raids. No, raids were like once a week. I feel like I, I feel like, and it, this I might be talking about like heroic dungeons or the way that it eventually worked. Like who knew, knows how it worked at oh, the time shit. you were doing I this? Yeah, right. So right, certain things you could only do once a day, and I feel like that might be the kind of boss you could only get one chance to loot the horse per day. Possibly, possibly. Um, even if it didn't, it was like something. It took me like fifteen minutes or something to do, so I could oh, do it a sure. few times. Yeah, I could do it a few times a day, but like, yeah. Eventually, I did get that fucking horse too, and it did- was like. I was on top of the fucking world. I would just go fucking like <laughs> sit, sit on my horse and ride my ass into the middle of like Iron Forge in front of the yeah. in, front of this, in front of the auction house and then you, walk away from my computer yeah. for an hour. You just sit there and let people come by and know. Yes. Oh boy. Yeah, that's what you did. <laughs> and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's oh that yeah, Elton horse. Oh, this I guy's here. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's this one. <laughs> what a fun game. Yeah. I'm glad you got it. Uh, did you have some kind of counter installed, some add-on that told you how many times you had rolled for it, so that when uh, you get, no, oh, that's no. what people people like doing that shit now. So they're like, this is the one thousandth time I've rolled for this fucking horse. No, I I mean I had a vague count of how many times I tried it because I think it was like no, I started doing it like I knew I knew the day that I had started. I was like, oh no, I started this because it was like the day of the patch. I was like, oh, as soon as they patched it, I was like, okay, now this is I'm worth go the for it. Yep actually trying to do this um you know and it took me like three months or something like that i'd like to say that and also eventually going back and running old bosses like that became just something people did like in without even blinking an eye because everyone ended up being you know level 100 or whatever but like around level 80 is like the first time i heard like lunch buddy going yeah i'm gonna go solo a dungeon boss and uh that was like you know People were just figuring that out at the time. Yeah, is what I'm well, saying. Was, yeah, yeah. I think I, I forget what what uh, patches and what what dungeons those were, but like right around that time, level eighty with like good raid gear or like the high level PvP gear that was around at that time or whatever, you could and the right builds and and classes. You but could, exactly, you could, yeah, you would have to have could, a specific could, set. Yeah, yeah, you could go back to those old those old level sixty, formerly end game dungeons yep. and go and and go and solo them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that I love playing a rogue because I could solo lots of shit that way. I could just you sneak could, back there. It, it, I wasn't as good for rogue. It wasn't as good as soloing as as other classes. I forget there were some other classes that were really good at like actually soloing the bosses that were there. I'm sure but warriors I, had a real high survivability. Yeah, good. I think a certain yeah, a good a good tank build, but with like with like DPS weapon or something like that, yep. you could like. You could just like work your way through guys. Um, Shamans yeah. were known to be like ridiculous at yeah, survival shaman. while still like, yeah. yeah um, maybe the elemental shaman was just maybe staying some alive and tearing shit apart. 
maybe some druids could could do it because they had the versatility. I don't remember. Bears were extremely popular. Around. In fact, druids were very popular when level eighty was the cap around. That was around wrath. Yeah, there was always it, druids it, were crazy good. Everyone was playing druids. Yeah, classes came and going waves because yeah. Blizzard fucking redesigned the whole game every couple months. Practically, and it, at, or I mean, at it least every couple of years, without exaggeration, yeah. yeah. And yeah, but like not even that. It's like like a, a dungeon would come out with new with new gear, yep. and then the, a certain class that wasn't all that good. All of a sudden, good. yeah. Like if you could get them this gear, like you because, have to get that piece. Because yeah, because those you know once you get those pieces though, it's like you have a certain bonuses that just make this class like absolutely out of control for whatever. Yeah. Something to that's do a, with the nibble lung. It might have just been called nibble lung. There was a, uh, it was there was a trinket that everybody had to get, or at least I think every tank or warrior had to get a nibble lung around uh, wrath. Yeah. Man, uh, dude, I could I could seriously do a whole like a whole pot not an episode a whole podcast where I just talk about wrath of the lich king forever and never stop. Oh my god! I can't. <laughs> I was definitely in and out a while. Oh. Um, like, I definitely like quit play. Like, I think what would my 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 gameplay cycle would be like? I would usually like quit playing for like six months or a year, right before like before like a really big expansion came out, and then I would come back after the expansion came yep. out, play for That's a while, right. and then like. Get That's bored again and then drop off, mm-hmm. and then come back. You could do that in that game because the level caps would only rise when the expansion came out, and you didn't yeah. care about the fact that you were behind on gear anymore because exactly as soon as you walked into the new zone, the fucking green gear that drops at level eighty-one outclasses everything except the absolute top of the line level eighty raid gear. I remember. I remember the first. What was the first expansion? The Burning Crusade. Burning Crusade. It burns when I crusade. <laughs> Doctor. It, I think there was a. I think I saw a guild almost immediately upon logging in called. It burns. It burns when I crusade, and I was like, "Wow, that's." I'm always going to think about venereal disease whenever I talk about this game. Yeah, but I remember that. I remember everybody just being like. Picking up green gear immediately, and being like, "What the fuck? What the hell? Why? What?" And then, like for me, like I think a lot of people like were like shocked who had been raiding for a long time and been like fucking banging their heads against molten core and mm-hmm. blackwing dungeon. Never mind fucking Silithus. I never got to Silithus in the guild I was in. Um. We were still halfway through Blackwing Dungeon when when Burning Crusade came out, and we all dropped those raids like a fucking rock. Oh yeah. Somebody, we had a few people who were still agitating, like, "Oh, we should still go back because it's fun to do the to do that." Everybody else was like, "No, fuck that." Nah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know. No. Yeah. Nope. Not anymore. There's like, there's gold in them. Whatever outland them are. Yeah. Flying flying rocks in the sky. Holy shit. Why How scary I be... was Outland? Oh my god, I hated going there. 
I loved it. I loved it so much. I you loved, love the f- crumpling continent floating in the nether? I hate it. I love it. I loved it so much. Oh. I love I love floating spars of land floating in the nether. Yeah? It's, it's my favorite thing ever. Oh, really? Yeah. That whole aesthetic is... Uh... That whole aesthetic is so good to me. Okay. I love it. I love it. Oh, it just, I mean, you could watch it crumble. Like, there are pieces of it floating away. I was like, this is why, this is why. Because why would we go to war to claim anything on this piece of land? Why why would we want to fight for this? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Literal fragment of a planet that got Death Starred. Yeah. You know? It's not even. It's not even a whole world. This is like. This is like a chunk that's like floating free from what got Death Starred. Still got some cities on it, and people are still fighting giant demons so, there. Yeah, still got one city and like a bunch of really big crystals, I guess. Yeah, I guess there I were important things happening that people wanted to do. I guess. You know that game really had me for a sense of wonder and exploration for a while too. Cause oh! Like, oh I, my God! Because oh, I remember God. the first time going into a lot of those Outland Zones and just being like, look at this shit. Like that fucking giant diamond the size of a small mountain. Just like, what the fuck is that thing? Do you, wanna, do you want to, can I answer that question for you? Because it's fucked up. Oh, no, I remember what it was. Now, I remember doing the whole quest line and everything for the doing that. But like now I forget off the top of my head. But I yeah, I did eventually learn. But I remember just like running over to it and being like, how do I get in here? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> It's a big, there's a big folklore because the orcs see the ghosts of their ancestors rising from the graveyards and going into Ashugan, that crystal. Oh, right, right, right. It yeah, turns yeah, out, yeah. it turns out there's a corrupted godling spirit in there just consuming the souls of their ancestors. And the orcs are out there having holidays and being like, yes, we'll watch our ancestors go to the crystal. Like they're celebrating it and they're all being, their souls yeah. are being eaten by a, a voidling. Yeah. I yeah. remember that now terrible awesome but no but you're right the sense of exploration i mean especially and i mean as long as i I mean i was into that game through five or six expansions like into every single one of them like play like exploring every inch of them like it's a great game i hate myself for saying that yeah they made a beautiful world they really did it was great to just like poke around and explore i used to love going into like like little corners where i where nobody else would bother to go through because there was no quests or anything over there and just kill mobs by myself yep you know where nobody else was i had all kinds of little corners that i would go and visit i knew that i could get a couple hippos at this place or yeah little nooks and crannies oh man um i wonder what it's like now I wonder if it's all loot boxes <laughs> and pay, pay to win uh, artifacts yeah. or whatever, like Diablo. Uh, yeah, it's probably all pay to win. I'm pretty sure you can buy gold and everything. So, um, oh well. Oh well. I did it for 15 years or so. It was cool. Yeah. Not really. Not even up through 2020. I probably did it for 10 years. That's and that's enough. That was a lot. That's still a lot. I think I only did like the first two or three expansions. So. Yeah. Legion is when I really fell off. I don't think I went back after Legion, really. But I bought Legion, and I played up until the end game, and then I was kind of like, I don't like... Some of this stuff is starting to feel different, and I feel like, yeah, I think that was it. But, I mean, that's the long... I mean, Legion is like five or six deep. Yeah, Dude, that's that's a long time to play one game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a long time. Uh, 
it's a long time for one game to be on the fucking market and like making money and being advertised and being developed. Yeah. Insanely yeah. long. Like what else came out in 2004 that people are still playing? Oh, Bloodlines. Bloodlines. This is a nice. contemporary of Bloodlines. This game yep. we're talking about. Yeah, and Half-Life 2. So oh. Or uh, probably. I bet there are people playing, you know, Team Fortress, which is, you know, a derivative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I mean, honestly, anything on the Source engine is kind of counts as Half-Life 2. <laughs> yeah, but come on. Something, something on the Source engine that came out in 2008 is very different from something yeah. on the Source engine in 2004. That's real you correct. Know. Man, um, did Portal 2 come out in 2008? Is Portal 2 15 years old? Might be, uh... It's around there, man. A lot of things happened. Mm-hmm. They really, really, so many things happened. Yeah. There's so many that I haven't even talked about. I haven't even talked about Portal yet or World of Warcraft for real. Let's steer back towards okay. Because yeah, that, I, I think we were going to try and make that our theme anyway, but we started that way. I mean, it's now it's well. I'm not going to mention World of Warcraft in the description or the title. It's yeah, somewhere you know. Sometimes you get lost along the way. You could RP with. I, I remember playing in an RP server for a little while in in, in World of Warcraft just for fun. And, oh yeah, and, totally. And, and having fun with it, and people you know trying to RP. Usually pretty badly, but hey, it was something. Yeah. I thought it was, yeah, I thought the RP was fine. I mean, I hung out in that one tavern where everyone had their underwear on. Uh, yes, the, the, sex, the sex tavern. Yeah. Uh, mainly, I mean, you know, mainly because I thought it was funny. Yeah, it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, it really is. Hilarious! It's hilarious. You just uh, you run upstairs to that tavern, and there's like there's like a dwarf, like naked dwarf, sitting on the bed with like a naked night elf dancing on the bed in front of him. Yeah. And th- these are two like actual characters sitting there like that, and you're like, okay. And there's two or three sitting there watching, and yeah. sometimes they'll be typing in the public chat, so you'll get to see the dirty things they're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Everything about World of Warcraft owns. I recommend it. It's excellent. It probably isn't anymore. Probably. I don't know. I have no idea what Blizzard is doing or what their games are like. It's probably quite dated. I think you can play Wrath, though. Like, I think you can play just Wrath if you want to, if you pay for it. I guess so. I heard Diablo. I heard Diablo 4 sucked. Yeah, we just, I just edited us talking about Diablo 4. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Hearing that it sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um,. I don't know if it sucks. I mean, I played the free weekend or whatever, and I probably would. Well, I don't know. I honestly, play, I guess I did. I'm you very play a dis- little bit, I guess. Yeah, I did. I'm very disillusioned with Blizzard, and I think that's fair to feel yeah, that way. There's plenty of reasons to be disillusioned. Yeah. Um, Games I mean, notwithstanding. Yeah, no, they exactly like, <laughs> no, like, not even talking about games, talking about like the company and the people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, but that's the thing about Blizzard, their games anyway is, like, Blizzard has never had a fucking original idea. Oh yeah, no, no, no way, nah, no. And and not even not even not even pretending to, like, yeah. you know, like some people like, like I don't know, I feel like CD Projekt Red, you know, when they came out with Cyberpunk or whatever, they were like, this, 
this is original and groundbreaking and whatever but it's, it's like no it's this skyrim with a cyberpunk skin but yeah. like cool but cool, good whatever. but we like it's it fine. yeah yeah but they insisted on saying how like it's gonna revolutionize revolutionary video gaming yeah but um blizzard games are just copies of copies of copies polished to a high sheen um and the you know, designed to, you know, push that fucking um, button in your brain that makes you go, "I want to keep doing this." Yeah, yeah. For just for just five more minutes, maybe ten more minutes. No, no, maybe 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 fifteen more minutes. Just keep going. I don't you know. I don't know if it's anecdotal or if it, this is just something people were saying ten years ago, or it, it it on. I would not be surprised that this was completely true. But there was an anecdote. People would say that Blizzard had a team of like psych psychiatrists who specialize in addiction and addictive behavior, like a team of them helping them make their games as addictive as they can be. Or maybe it was a team of like casino. Uh, yeah. <laughs> people. I think there are sinister stories, obviously. Yeah, there's stories. I think, I, I don't think you would get actual psychologists to do that. Probably because most of them would be like this, do they have extreme, a, a this is Yeah, exactly. This is extremely unethical. But, like, that doesn't mean that people don't use, like, the psychological principles involving, right. like, addiction and, yeah. and, and you know, um, just, just yeah, exactly, gambling, casino things, like the way that that kind of affects your brain and the way that, um, yeah, the way that basically games... Uh, play with your mind and, and play with your brain. I mean, you think about blindsided? Uh, I, I, do, I do think about that a lot, yes. <laughs> you know, this, the idea of entertainment is the idea of, of we're, we're tricking our brains. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that our brains find pleasurable because evolutionarily speaking, um, those are good things. Like, we feel pleasure at seeing our enemies defeated and crushed defeated. with well, a big thump. Yeah. <laughs> a nice cracking about, sound effect. Yeah. Well, I was about to say like, we get pleasure at seeing like, like, like a wide open, you know, green field. Oh yes. Also. You know, because, <laughs> because, you know, our primate brains are, are thinking like, okay, good fertile. I can get food here. It's open. I can see if a predator is going to come at yeah. me, you know, um, you know, there's water, you know, all, you know, all those, all those positive things that, you know, signal to, you know, the, the real, you know, sort of reptile part of your brain, like, you know, this place is good to, to live in, to survive in. And you cheat your brain that way by like, you know, sticking a picture of, of like the forest on your wall instead of actually going out into the forest. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You yeah. Uh -huh. and, and video games are just another you know video games like any other kind of entertainment are just another form of that of tricking your brain into being like I've accomplished something you know when you play like you know like when you do something in your with your day you know you check out you do your, you, you're like ah, I feel good I've accomplished something I've I completed my chores I got some stuff done I got my work done I checked off my to-do list I killed you know, the witch king for this week a video game is a to-do list it's it's like it's like a checklist of stuff like i literally have checklists of stuff sometimes to do and oh, oh, or oh, or oh, whatever 
oh. Baldur's Gate or whatever and be like, I'm going to go do this. And then once I've done this, then I'll have the stuff I need to go do that. And then uh, I want to do this, this, and this. And that doesn't have anything to do with the other stuff that I that is on my checklist. But so I, I better really make another another notepad. Get out another one. Yeah, I'm putting them on my checklist so I don't forget about them because I want to see this part of the story. So I'm going to make sure to do that at some point before I do these other things. Yeah, you make like a checklist. Even if you don't make a checklist, even if it's a much more immediate thing of like playing like a Call of Duty game of like, you know, just like five minutes, shoot, shoot, shoot. You get that immediate feedback of like something, you you worked on something, something's done, move on to the next thing. Um, yep. So it's like you're tricking your brain in, the, in that kind of, in that kind of way. Doing good work. Yeah. And Warcraft is definitely a job. Yeah. Blizzard is a little bit the way that they sort of just took everything, all of their properties. Then they remind me of Disney in a, in a lot of ways. But the, the, the Disney thing is that, you know, Disney sort of they gathered up all these properties in the early part of the century from things that were in the public domain, like, you know, the Brothers Grimm fairy tales and Aladdin and, you know, yeah. Arabian Nights and all these things that were in the public domain. And they made them Disney properties. And now they're going to hang on to them forever. And like yep. Blizzard didn't exactly take public domain things, but they took ideas that were laying around and they really flat out, you know, you can't say that they stole from Warhammer to make their world. You know, their world is separate, but it's, you know, it's orcs, humans, undead, you know, yeah. not so many Skaven, but they're there somewhere. It's pretty fucking close. It's pretty fucking close. And then when you turn around and make Starcraft right after it, that's, yeah, you know, come on, man. There's and a Starcraft, fucking Carnifex in that game. Exactly. Starcraft, they barely even filed off the serial numbers. Barely, yeah. No, yeah. Like, like there's like, real, there's a fucking Carnifex. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I, I don't remember. It might even be called was, something like that. They're no, called something called, Lisk. Yeah. They're no, Lisks. Yeah, something Lisks. But it's... I forget, because I remember hearing people say, like, oh, this was definitely, like, supposed to be, like, a, a Games oh. Workshop license game. Oh, my God. Actually, and yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's true. Uh, so, Atheist Man says it was. Yeah, um, both. I'm not sure if that's true. Specifically, sure StarCraft. Yeah, StarCraft was supposed to be Warhammer 40k license game. Okay. And then, and then they lost the license. I have heard this, and then they made it anyway. And they made it anyway. That's, um, good job, Liz. I would be just as willing to believe that they never bothered to get a license in the first place, and they just ripped it off. Just started making it, started making it, and then attempted to get the license along the way and did not yeah. acquire it. That, yeah. that or, actually sounds really yeah, angry. yeah, or didn't even bother, and then just somebody concocted a story later on to be like, yeah, we were trying to get the license. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I I, I guess atheist said said yes so maybe we should just trust him because i haven't looked into it i'm sure there's a, i'm sure there's a whole story the lisk the lisk thing is a hydra lisk yeah oh but I there's also know. an ultra lisk and a mutalisk ultra -lisk. there's like a bunch of lisks yes. is kind ultra -lisk. of what i'm saying yeah. ultra lisk is the yeah. effects that's what the, the lisk yeah. yeah there's a lisk glide yeah what's going on atheist man i was playing some grim dawn wanted to see what you guys were saying about stuff yeah, we got we got we accident we accidentally started talking about World of Warcraft. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed. And video games. Interesting yeah. thing about the psychological effect, like tricking your brain into like rewarding yourself. Yeah. Like, there there's a lot of psychological studies that have been done on like how games do it 
in a way that's positive and how games do it in a way that's negative. Oh. And negative ones are like where it just feeds the loop for the specific game and like you start feeling drained and like sounds like a blizzard you're game. not doing it. Oh yeah. yeah like, like oh my game. god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know the feeling. Yes I Versus do. Versus a game where you feel where you feel accomplished afterwards and like you feel like uh I don't, that you had a positive experience, that you feel yeah. rewarded or, by the experience yeah. you had. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's most of it is is the um, the unfinished loop. If you have a finished loop, like if you finish a finite game, you know, like Link to the Past or Ocarina of Time, something that's like a very short loop, like that is a much more positive experience because you have that ending to it and you feel accomplished with it. You don't feel like it's ongoing and never ending and just like constantly a drain on your time and resources mm-hmm. becomes yeah. a job yeah and that's yeah. that is why also that I I generally only want to play games that have a story um, mm-hmm. strategy games are the notable exception because I like, I like certain kinds of strategy games you know if, I mean, if, yeah. a, game, if a game doesn't have kind of some kind of story for me to, to like hook the mechanics on and hook the gameplay on um i lose interest real fast i I gotta i gotta like i gotta like have a context and like imagine in my mind you know um a big reason that i got into world of warcraft is that i used to be a very extroverted social type of person and so now that that has changed dramatically it also changes how i feel about approaching a multiplayer game but that's a big thing for me about multiplayers i don't i don't need to talk to anyone i have people to talk to yeah and i think i can't um, even imagine being extroverted oh i was i was a monster i was a party animal it was just terrible i think of myself as a as an ambivert or somebody who somebody who grew up introverted and really didn't like being introverted so I, i i put a lot of effort into learning how to be a bit more extroverted yeah i really i gave up on the 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 external portion of <laughs> my relating to, uh, yeah, I just know, but you know, it's, it's the public at large. Obviously I, I'm still kind of, you know, when I'm among my element, I'm fine, but. Yeah. Uh, For me, like, it doesn't matter. Like who I'm with affects how bad it is, but it's always draining to like talk to people. Like doesn't mean I don't like it. It just like, it's, Right, you have it's a limited an right, and you've got a limited amount of that social energy. Mm. So yeah, you gotta exactly you gotta respect that. Yeah, of course. I know mm. that I've known many introverts, and that's oh, yeah. really the best way to describe it. And it's like, yeah, you gotta respect that. So people have um, different levels of how much yeah. their what kind of charge their battery can take, and some people's batteries get charged, you know, occasionally as they're out. And, well, this yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really extroverted people. They yeah. get they they get charged. Yeah, that's how they charge. Wow. And yeah, from being around other yeah. people, they have. I don't to mean that they necessarily people. like talking to every single person that they come across, but yeah. when they are talking with people, it's it's at least the ones that they like. Yeah. It's it's uh... yeah. Boy, we haven't moved far afield from CRPGs, which was supposed to be the original topic of this podcast recording. But that's cool. We always. I think it's cool. We always ramble. I wanted uh, to ask you what the 
what the spaceship, what the what the outer space shooting was like, because there's. Oh, I only played a tiny bit of it. It's yeah. it's fairly simplistic, which is which is good, honestly, because. Um, oh, a whole game space, can be piloting a spaceship. You know, that space, can be an entire goddamn game. Yeah, space combat can get real complicated oh. if you want to be. Um, Eve Online. Eve Online. Um, I'm thinking also of like uh, Homeworld games. Okay. Um, uh, Elite Dangerous. Oh Which, yeah, never actually played that one. It was very I've, popular for a minute. Yeah, I played I played a bunch of that. Uh, I played that for a while. I was really into it for a bit. Um, <laughs> that game was like, kind of like, like, like Dark Soulsy in space. Oh, uh, maybe maybe as I'm, far as difficult spaceship combat. Yeah, as far as difficult spaceship combat, um, oh. they they really tried to to stick to this sort of hard sci-fi thing it's like you don't have no reactionless drives you don't have like you're not you don't fly around space like you're like you're a jet flying around the atmosphere you don't you don't bank you don't turn like there's thrust and there's inertia and there's velocity and it's like it was hard to get used to it was extremely unintuitive if you play like regular flying kind of games um, Starfield is not like that. Yeah, Newtonian uh, mechanics versus uh, relative mechanics. Yeah, Starfield is very um, is very casual as far as the the space combat goes. Do you guys ever play uh, some old games uh, called Freelancer or Privateer or Wing Commander? I played Free Space. Not Free Space. No. Oh, okay. Totally different game. Yeah. Free Cell. No. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. These are the the, okay. the space combat in Starfield is like these old games, but if you haven't played them, then that's a worthless comparison. So, um, yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty straightforward. It's it's basically just point yourself at the bad guys and shoot. Um, you know, hit your afterburner if you're getting shot at, so you can dodge. Try to keep your shields up. Is there just the most kind of thing for any space combat simulator? Is there sound? There's so much sound in space in this game. It's dumb. It's like <laughs> it's fine. It's space, fine. Everyone can hear you whisper. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like the stealth in this game, like in Skyrim. You know, there's a noise meter. The noise meter does not go away if you are an air, if you're on an airless moon. <laughs> there's still a noise meter. Why I don't. They have very sensitive ears. Okay. Um, (laughs) It's. I think it has something. Well, never mind. Even the space. The space. Like the space comet. They add the noise. They add the noise. Wouldn't sound travel further in a vacuum because there's less things to cause travels. (laughs) No, sound requires a medium to pass through. It needs needs air or or water. (laughs) Well. The, the thing is, is that the molecules have to vibrate against something. So if the molecule yeah. isn't close enough to something else for the um, the quote-unquote noise made from the source to, like, yeah, create a chain reaction, then you get no sound out of it. But you can smell stuff in space. Yes. Only if you take your 
helmet off. But oh, right, which you should not do. Um, apparently the moon smells like um, gunpowder, according to Neil Armstrong. <laughs> and, and cheese, Grum. The moon is made out of cheese. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's that's annoying thing. I've, I've seen a couple mods where people try to fix that, like, no sound in space, but... um. It's yeah. I I think it just has to do with the way they they design the game. They, yeah. they they don't they don't like on the on the ground portions when you're walking around. They don't make much different differentiation between the um, atmosphere. It's either you're you're either in a breathable atmosphere or you're not. And if yeah. you're not in a breathable atmosphere, they don't make a distinction between an atmosphere that is poisonous and an atmosphere that doesn't exist. So it's just like you're wearing your spacesuit. You're not wearing your spacesuit, but they could have had a thing where it's like if you're wearing a spacesuit, you don't really hear anything, and that would have been fine. But still, it's it's the the science of Starfield is like is really uneven. It's 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 video game science, you know. Sure, it it's like whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like Skyrim like, science. Yeah, well, it's like Mass Effect. You see Mass Effect. There's like you know you you're out in space and you know. Some of the people are wearing like quote unquote spacesuits that are really just like a mask that covers the lower half of their face. And it's like, yeah. your, your head should be exploding. We're outside the fucking spaceship. How does this work? And they're like, space magic, biotics, shields. Biotics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or they got shields, something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shields. Shields, guys. Cosmo shield. Oh, okay, fine. Shields. Yeah. Metachlorians. Um, yes. Oh, those were in Mass Effect also? Probably, I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention to the later storyline of Mass Effect. Jeez. All I know from later Mass Effect is everything was a dream. LOL. Yeah, everything kind, was, yeah. Everything, no, everything wasn't a dream, but you did have to shoot Space Cthulhu. Um, you think probably. You know what I do think about all the time? Well, a couple things because of Mass Effect. But one of them is that it really would make sense if if the reason we don't see UFOs is because everyone is at our exact level of technology because it takes this long for races to develop, uh, you know, spaceships. And if a guy comes by every 10,000 years and wipes us all out, we would all never talk to each other. So here we are. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. That part of it, I like that part of that. that yeah. I think, think I think I've heard that like... generally called the berserker theory. Oh, yeah. In general, I've, I've seen it expressed different ways in different science fiction that there's, there is already a civilization that's conquered their galaxy and we just don't see them. And okay. as, soon as, as soon as any other civilization tries to get to space, they just shoot them down. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess that could happen too, yeah. Yeah. And that that seems like the most likely is that the first ones who reached interstellar travel, like, cut down everyone else's yeah. uh, you don't, interstellar travel programs. Because you don't even have to be traveling at the speed of light. Um, like, they have... There, there's some, you know, fairly straightforward formulas about how, like... You know, even even with some really relatively slow kind of interstellar travel, if you start sending human beings out to other star systems, it only takes like a million years to colonize the entire galaxy, which considering the galaxy is like 15 billion years old, 
is like not mm. very much time at all. So it kind of yeah. makes sense that if there was an alien race that already showed up, they should kind of already be everywhere. But they're not. Yeah. Or at least that we can That's see. Yeah. yeah. We saw I some of them. Our, our government caught a few of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. supposedly. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, you know, I saw I saw an interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he was like, he was like, here's the thing. They're unidentified flying objects. Yeah. By definition, unidentified means you cannot call them aliens because Aww. you are identifying them as non-human extraterrestrials. We don't know that they're aliens. We just don't know what they are. Did, what was? Did they start using another term instead of? Yeah. UFO? Yeah. He was kind of. You know, it was funny. He was. Yeah. yeah uh, for U.S.E. or something like, or unexplained atmospheric phenomena or UAP. Oh yeah. That, that that part Neil deGrasse Tyson thought was stupid. He was like, whatever. U UFO. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, but that was the point he was trying to say. It's like he's like. It's like, okay, they're definitely weird, and we definitely don't know what they are, but you definitely can't just jump to aliens at this yeah. point, because, yeah, you don't know anything else. I don't know, except maybe those aliens in Mexico. Yeah, those, we don't have any confirmation on what happened in New Mexico? Yeah, no, they're probably fake, because they won't show them to anybody else. I don't know. They also look like, I don't know. Pretty fake. <laughs> you look pretty fake. Ooh, your mom looks pretty fake. <laughs> hey, I mean, she is partly fake, so it's not unreasonable. Aren't we? Aren't we all fake though? It's true. With the masks, are we all just actors? With where we wear, yeah. Chinese rooms. All of. Humanities merely players something. Yes, that is all the world's a stage. All the men and women merely players. There, yep. Shakespeare. Very Some, good. Something, about, that's, something that's about sound and fury. I think. Yeah. I like it. I like it when the guy says. Uh, <laughs> if we shadows have offended. Think but this and all is mended that you have but slumbered here. That's kind of like what David Lynch says in his TV show. That's a cool couplet. I like it. In Mass Effect, Mass Effect has a voice protagonist. It does. Mass Effect does have a voice protagonist. The only game I've ever noticed this, or maybe the only game that this bothered me so much. As a matter of fact, I think this might happen in Cyberpunk. But in Mass Effect, you'll it'll show you the things, your choices for dialogue, and you'll pick one of them, and she will say something different. Something that is the same gist of what you picked, but she'll have a whole line that is not what you that picked. expected. Nope. And sometimes yeah. it's really different than what you thought. Yes, yes. That's weird. That is weird. I always thought that was I, weird. I remember playing Fallout 4, they had the same thing. And the first thing I did in Fallout 4 was get a mod wow, that, cha- okay. that changed that to show the full line of dialogue that your character says. Good. That's very Something. silly. 
somebody went that through. So badly. Somebody went so many times and like, made a mod that that had like the full line of dialogue that you're gonna say instead of just be sarcastic, you know, agree right. with them, disagree yeah. with them, you know. Even worse than that, when they're like, when it's not a be sarcastic and they just give you an option, like, yeah, Mass yeah. Effect did okay with like the you end the up being blue, white, yeah. red, and yeah. like so you know like, when it's you're trying to be. A you kind of know if you're gonna be an asshole. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes and sometimes it would like, just give you like like four really fucking cryptic options. Yeah, yeah. You, it's like, so what do you think about this nuclear weapon that we're going to use to destroy the Commonwealth? And the options are <laughs> like, the options are like red, seventeen, breeze, boats, or boats. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, the fuck. <laughs> That was an that was an interesting I, example. I'm like, yeah, I just, I just but it, like, like that, that that is as cryptic as possible. But sometimes I felt like I was facing choices like that. I was just like, I don't know what any of this means. Isn't Red Seventeen the name of a guy? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Red oh, Red Thirteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Final Fantasy Seven. Close enough. Yeah. Close. That was close. Yeah. So um, I I hate the ones where they have like three dialogue options that you look at them and they mean the same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you're like, I don't know which one of these the ones is the sarcastic yeah. one, which one of yeah. these is the like agreeing one, and which one of these is the my character is insane and legitimately agrees with this insane position that is being held. <laughs> yeah, I I cannot believe that none of us, well, that neither me nor Saint mentioned the quintessential example of this kind of thing, which is the taxi driver in bloodlines you talk to the taxi driver and you just have four options that are basically shut the fuck up and drive my servant <laughs> you know i circle back to starfield for like two seconds sure. again talking about the dialogues yeah that that's what i feel like most of the dialogues in starfield are like to be perfectly honest they're like yes no ask for further information yeah Literally yeah I, yeah I, I don't feel like it's, you know, again, not really having conversations, just, but That's, whatever. Yeah, there's a real, and especially I feel like in games where the character, the main character is not voiced, and usually that's a game where you have more options for your main character, which is one of the reasons you don't get a voice, but like, oh, fuck. What were you, what were you saying? Oh, I don't know. I'm oh, that you, you, but yeah, and you've kind of already said it, but it really seems like because of that and because of that level of immersion they're giving you, you just have the option to interview the shit out of everyone you see. If you want the whole story, you can just ex exhaust. Here's nine dialogue trees. You can just yeah. listen to everything this guy has to say. Go yeah. for it, bro. You're role playing now. <laughs> right right now this is role-playing yeah tell me everything you have to say for yourself yeah um one thing i think that's interesting about voice protagonists too and i remember hearing this tidbit that that kind of stuck with me that was really interesting when they were in i saw an interview with um the voice actress for Femvi. Okay. 
Um, and she was talking about how she's like, so the most complicated, she's like, I didn't have the same, you know, me and the, the actor who was playing Melvi is not like we coordinated. We didn't have, we didn't say like, oh, you say the line like this and I say the line like this, or, you know, this is how it's supposed to come out. All they had was timing. They had timing. So, and apparently they alternated timing. So, but what, but what that means is like, she's like, okay, so I have this line and it takes me this many seconds to say this line. Oh, weird. The male character has to say it in the exact same amount of time, whether how he to make it it work, right? To make it work in the game. So it's like she set the timing for half the dialogue and he set the timing for the other half of the dialogue. But that was like their only interaction because they were also recording during COVID. So it wasn't like they were hanging out or anything. Oh my God. It was all remote. That's so weird. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting because I was like, oh, she because she was talking about how that like inf- kind of sometimes kind of informed like her. her yeah, her it must. Yeah, yeah. Weird. I was like, wow, that's interesting too. And then, again, that's just one more little thing that comes with having like a voice protagonist because like if you want to do a role playing game too, not most of the time nowadays. If you want to do a voice protagonist, you got to give people a, you got to give people at least a, a femme and and mask yeah kind of options. Generally speaking, yeah, at least. you don't you don't have to, but, you know, you know, it's it's you know, but yeah, it's kind of it's, it's kind of standard. Yeah, it's, it's extremely least. standard. Yeah, you're gonna have like usually one more more than one voice. Sam and Porter I, I, Bridges did not have a female option, as I recall. That's that's true, but again, but, but I mean, okay, you know, I'm just saying you, you don't have to. Yeah, but that's that's always the interesting thing is like how much of an RPG is it still though if you have one character that is assigned to you by the developers. Really good, really good question. You know, even V is customizable. What's your What's your background? What's your yeah. you know whatever? Sam Porter Bridges is Sam Porter Bridges. Yeah, Death Stranding might not be an RPG at all. It, it might barely have RPG elements in it. I don't yeah. know if he even has perks. He crafts. Yeah. So, so that might that might have been a totally yeah. yeah. That might have been but a bad I, example, but you know, yeah. but yeah. But again, but you do you is, want cus- character customization good. is big. Yeah, but you know what's the interesting thing too is just I'm I'm still thinking about playing Baldur's Gate three, and when I'm thinking about when I go back to play Baldur's Gate three again, I don't think I'm gonna make a custom character. I actually I actually think I want to play one of the characters that are the premium. Yeah, I kind of want to do that too. I want to start a game and just Um, and Baldur's Gate three is unquestionably a role playing game. Oh, like it's a tabletop role playing game. It is a tabletop role-playing game made into a... It, and that's part of the genius of it. And and I want to mention something about the dice rolling, too, in just a second. But it's... That's an interesting option, though, that you can just... You can be one of the already pre-made characters and yeah. make them as your character. But, like, at the same time, it still, like, makes perfect sense. Um and I was just going to mention too. I remember, like the dice, the the fact that they show you the dice roll yeah. in Baldur's Gate Three is so fucking good. It's so much fun. Every time it's I so, get to roll the dice, I'm so happy. Because every game has like a random number mechanic. Yeah. And in 99 percent of those games, you don't see it. You you don't get to see it. You might you might see some stuff in the background. You might see some stuff like on your character sheet or or, or in the menus or whatever that say like plus 10 percent to 10%, this. 10 percent. Yep. 
or plus five on your roll or whatever like that. But you don't actually get to see the result of the roll. You don't get to see the number pop on, on what you roll. You just see success or failure. Right. But I, you know, and sometimes you see some you see some stuff when people try it. You see people in some games like ag- like going nuts over the math of yep. how often something happens or doesn't happen or drop rates or whatever and people trying to figure out like patterns um in in, the, in, the, in, the, in the game yeah exactly um rng the rng manipulation yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they have that in Baldur's gate as well like Oh, the sure. original sure, Baldur's sure. Gate and Baldur's Gate 2 were full on the same thing. They didn't have like physical representation of the dice rolling, but it showed the dice roll down in the... Um, oh, it showed the numbers. Right, in right, right. It wasn't the whole graphic, yeah. And I think... Um, I'm trying to remember if, Kot- if the KOTOR games did that too, the Knights of the Republic games, because I was joking before Baldur's uh, Gate, the hmm. last... They didn't... I don't think they... Sh- I don't think they showed it, but um Man, I almost can picture like six sided. Neverwinter Nights. Nice Never Winter Nights. Neverwinter Nights did. Nice. Um no, Nice Little Republic was, was D twenty, like D twenty um uh Star Wars D twenty, basically. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was using a system that was basically uh I think that would have been like around third edition or Pathfinder or whatever. And uh, Wizards of the Coast was, I think they had just started to like do the D twenty everywhere thing. Pa- yeah, pass out the D twenty everywhere thing and yeah. said like D twenty. This can be a system for so much more than just D and D. You can use it to make spy games. You can use it to make horror games. You can use mm-hmm. it to make vampire games. You can use it to make whatever the fuck. Um, so. Kurt was like, "Am I a joke to you?" Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yes. Hello. But, We've been here for several dozen years. We have. Yeah, but Gerps has a silly name, so. That's true. It's very true. <laughs> um. But yeah, um, Night Seal Republic came out came out around that time too. Yep. Uh, and it was based mm-hmm. on some Star Wars D twenty stuff. Um. And it was really explicit when you make that when you if you play that game you you the character sheets are D and D character sheets with force powers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 They have the same stats like wisdom, intelligence, yep. charisma, that's, strength, yep. dexterity. Oh, that's yep. You know, um, you know, same range goes up to eighteen. You know, it's, uh, so. Yeah, I, just, I think it's really cool that that in Baldur's Gate three, it, like it shows you. You're like, nope, this is what you rolled. Sometimes shitty dice rolls happen. Uh, There's a game called XCOM that's famous for. Oh yeah, XCOM. I think people figured out that the numbers it shows you, like your percentages, are just bullshit in that game. Like it's just lying to you when it tells you your chances to do something. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember hearing about that. I I think I, I think I played like five minutes of XCOM two or something like that. And I was like, oh, I see what this game looks like. I'm not that interested. But some sometimes I really like those like isometric tactical games. I do. And like 
sometimes I really don't. It's weird. It like it really's gonna like grab me in a certain kind of way. It has um, to make a it has to make the correct thumping sound when you bash your enemy into pieces. It really has so much to do with just the tactile for a game that has no action, you know, or you know, very little action usually in one of the types of games we're talking about. The the tactile reward that I get from my little guy successfully performing an action, especially in something like Disgaea or Final Fantasy Tactics, like pulling off a move and it connecting and killing the guy gives me incredible serotonin. You know what makes me, you know what I'm specifically I'm thinking of is the Shadowrun series. Okay, yep. Yeah. Thinking of my character like getting like a critical sniper hit from across the map. Yeah, yeah. Or doing a righteous hack. Yeah, just being like, just watching somebody be like, whap. Yeah. Yeah, strategy is fun. It's fun to win. It's <laughs> <laughs> and you know, yeah. for someone sometimes you don't want to be doing all kinds of actioning, shooting guys and zombies and stuff. You want to just uh, take turns and see what happens when you have a guy run over here. Yeah. I am getting my ass kicked in Baldur's Gate. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, guess, I guess this thing too is like I. You know, my strategy games are like Crusader Kings and Stellaris. Oh, and, that's a little, a little like, more zoomed out. And like Total War. Yeah, I really like the real like strategic level. Yeah. Like I'm not so much like the small tactical level. I really realized that. I realized that like I remember years and years and years ago playing oh, man. War, Warhammer 40K. Yep. And then they came out with Epic 40K. The, the Epic Scale. Epic scale one, so you would be like moving around the the titans and yeah, little of, little tiny little tiny titans yeah, and dreadnoughts. Yeah, exactly. And instead of um, you, instead of like individual characters, you you you'd have squads. You'd you'd have yep. like you paint like five little dudes who move together. So like it was all five people on one on like just one little square, mm-hmm. and move them as a squad, and they'd live and die as a squad. Um. And I was so into that because I was like, oh, bigger scale, more strategic. And I was like, I remember fucking sitting down and writing a whole fucking campaign for Warhammer 40K to be like, okay, so if I win this battle, then we lose this point and you go to this point. And then if you get those, if you win that battle and I win, this happens. And, you know, I love the sort of like high level kind of shit. Well, what if we... Yeah. What if we all try to play Risk Legacy sometime? Oh man, Risk! <laughs> you Risk is a, Risk is just a funny game because it's just. Do you know about Risk Legacy? It's like a, it's like a campaign basically. It's every time depend like you like there's four players or whatever. You play several games of Risk, and each time, they have each player has goals, and if you if you oh. beat your goal, you change something. The map changes or something else changes. Oh, no, I'm pretty I good at reaching my goals. <laughs> I used, to, I used to do that with, I used to do that with friends. We did, yeah. That's why I bring it up because we would let whoever won change something on the map. People would put oh, tape over Madagascar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We say like Madagascar, take this off the map. Or yeah, like, like we're gonna make a new land bridge from Australia to South America. Or we're gonna restore Madagascar this time. The Madagascar yeah. was coming and going quite a bit. Yeah, some of the land bridges came and went yep. a few times. Madagascar. Yeah, it was a joke about Madagascar not existing. 
Somebody. And anytime anyone coughs, Madagascar stops existing. So that's a different joke. Bridging the. I don't know if you ever played uh, the pandemic games. Yeah. Not pandemic. Oh, those play. Yes. I, I've played Madagascar, pandemic. Plague Incorporated. Yeah, Plague Inc. Pandemic. was the phone game oh, of it. Wait, we're not. Are we not? We're not talking about the game called Pandemic. Not the board game called Pandemic. Oh, okay. There was a, uh, okay. Yeah. There was a uh, Flash game. Yeah, Flash Pretty game. sure it was called Pandemic. Oh. And then they, the, the phone game version of it was uh, Plague Inc. Plague Inc., yeah. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You gotta and, like, the first one, like, it was coded so that basically, like, anytime. Uh, you started a virus like anytime there's any visibility, Madagascar would shut down within like three days. <laughs> Madagascar, just it was not it like was... the big countries that would actually like want to protect their citizens. No, Madagascar with a pop, total population of like 500, they're like, no, we need to protect these people. <laughs> well, they don't have they don't have that many. It was either Madagascar <laughs> or it was Greenland because the only way you could spread disease to yep. those two zones were by boat. Which took, uh, long, which yes. took longer. They had no land borders with anybody else. Um, so mm-hmm. if they shut down the boat, if they shut down their ports, you'd never get there. Every place else either had a land border or a boat and a plane. So, like, Japan had boats and planes, you know. Um, Iceland had a boat and a plane, you know. Um, Actually. So, and everywhere else had land borders, and the disease would always cross over land borders um, mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you closed, even if you, yeah, even if you closed borders, yeah, because you could, you could, you could move your infectivity to like rats and birds and stuff. So the wildlife, <laughs> wildlife would just carry it over borders. Um, I liked the board game. Board game is also, but I understand it was such a classic. Yeah, very different. Yeah. Well, in the board game, you're fighting against a pandemic. For what? Yes. <laughs> Not figuring out how you could best spread it. Yeah. Well, funnily, the Plague Inc. game they made a they made a fight the pandemic version instead when COVID started. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. And they they I think for a while they were donating a bunch of their money to um, you know various disease prevention and. Um, you yeah. know, helping vaccinate underdeveloped poor areas, stuff like that. You know, Thank you, plaguing. Yeah, they were. Like, <laughs> we they were like, we warned you, you motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Big ups to plaguing. We warned you about this shit. You didn't listen. Uh. All right. I think I'm gonna call it a night. I All right, yeah. To... Let me uh, right. let me say let me say thank you to both of you. I need to field some more stars before I go. Yeah, you, that's what you're gonna do. I'm gonna cook up yeah. some fucking sausages. It's a little late for sausages, isn't it? Yeah, but I didn't. I don't know. I haven't been eating until like, I haven't been eating an evening meal until late. So <laughs> that's where we're at, kind of. Yeah. And you know what? I don't. I eat my afternoon meal quite late, also. Yeah, I like. I've been eating lunch around like four p.m. Oh, and wow. then like doing something like this, like talking to you guys, and then like 
making an evening meal at 11. I also like, until this year, I would wake up at 5 a.m. no matter what. There wasn't even a, there was no discussion about it. So now I'm sleeping until like 7.30 or so and like everything's different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot better. World is different waking up two hours later. Really, really. Yeah. There, there is, there is like a world difference between like 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. But just, and there's a world of difference how I feel at noon, depending on which one of those I woke mm-hmm. up at. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Really, yeah, you wake up into a different world at 5 a.m. But yeah, thanks. Yeah, Starfield, I will... Uh, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm into it, and I will maybe... Maybe when I digest some of the other things I'm playing. I'm also playing Sea of Stars, which is yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, the Starfield loops have got its hooks in my brain. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll slow down on it eventually, I think. And... uh then it's Assassin's Creed time. Oh yeah, Mirage. Mm-hmm. I only played like, Assassin's Creed. The new Assassin's Creed Mirage has, just came out. Um, I played like the first half hour. It looks real nice. It looks cool. Um, I'm into it. It's set in eighth century Baghdad. Yep. Which which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love. I love Assassin's Creed when it's in cities. Um, I don't like it when it's in the countryside as much. Um, I like it when it's being an assassin. I don't like it so much when it's being a regular warrior. Yeah, yeah. In th- this game, one hundred percent, you you're assassin. It's uh, oh. this. They they. I ha- again, I haven't really gotten that far in it. I haven't really gotten into many fights, but the what they've specifically been touting is that the combat is a throwback to the old style of Assassin's Creed. Um, they really want you to be stealthy. They make it a point to be like you know. It's supposed to be really. If you get jumped by like four or five guys, it's supposed to be really hard to win. Yeah. You're supposed to, right. you're, you're supposed to throw a smoke bomb and get the fuck out of there, you know, um, or not even get into that position in the first place if possible. That so, definitely changed. I'm excited yeah. to try that. I mean, I, I really liked Altair because it was like, yes, like he he wants to be stealthy because like story story reasons like you you get kind of story bonus for being stealthy but like he's still perfectly capable of like gutting five people and then running away yeah you know like real real life assassin shit like uh, obviously aside from the like historically he would also have like suicide capsules and shit like that and ways to just like kill himself if he did manage to get captured but Right. Yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, I remember, I remember reading and telling Kuya about this when we were doing podcasts on on vampire stuff. Like, one of the most famous uh, historical assassinations from the Hasha Shin uh, was uh, this guy Conrad. Uh, uh, he was basically like the de facto king of Jerusalem, the the Crusader state, mm. and. Uh, He'd just been elected king by the nobility, uh, like the day before, and he was walking down the street, you know, with his retinue, and two guys just walked up to him on the street, and they just pulled out knives, and they just stabbed him to death before anybody could move. And they just dropped their knives and let themselves get killed. They didn't even fight back after that. They were just like, whatever. We did our, we did our mission. Crazy.
Yeah, wacky shit to do. <laughs> Assassinating people on the street. Yeah. But no, this this uh, the new one looks like it has a lot of promise. It looks you you play you you're playing as Basim, the the guy from um, Valhalla, who teaches you how to assassin. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's cool. It's you know you start out as like just a thief on the streets of of the city, you know. And you're gonna to learn to be an assassin. I haven't got. I, I just. I just finished getting past the thief part, and then I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go back and play a bunch of Starfield now." <laughs> the assassins can wait for me. Anyway, all right, guys. Yeah, thanks. Man. I'll talk to you all later. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good one. There you have our thoughts on Starfield and various other topics and CRPGs and games that are not RPGs at all. And some other stuff, probably. Thank you for listening to Maybe We'll Talk. Um, Yeah, Bo is Afraid is our next subject, followed by various other things. I'll figure out if I have my order of episodes correct or not, but Bo is Afraid is definitely um, next week's Wait, is this the bonus one? Because I finished last week's late, so I still am supposed to put out another episode this week. It's only Thursday. That's fine. Bo is Afraid is coming out probably at some point this weekend. Um, so thank you for being here, and uh, check out koyadk.tv, where you can get a link to my Discord, where you can talk to us about all of these things. And... Um, yeah, Etsy and Patreon, where you can give me money, and other places <laughs> that I haunt on the internet. Um, yeah, maybe I'll write down a little outro for all those things I like to say about coming to see me at koyadk.tv. But maybe I won't. So Pete and Josh, why don't you play us out?